Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Pixis. Pixis, the name you trust for PTSA, is now offering ultrasonic and pressure-based liquid level sensing for your systems. I know you've had the experience where you've walked into one of your accounts only to find that you have fed too little or too much of your valuable product. When you're able to add online liquid level management to your account, you will never be surprised at the amount fed again. And at your critical locations, you can't afford to feed anything less than the optimal dosage of your water treatment products. With Pixis, you know that your end results are going to be accurate because of their best-in-class turbidity and color-compensating capabilities. Visit them online by going to scalinguph2o.com forward slash Pixis, that's P-Y-X-I-S, to see their full line of water treatment products. Folks, you owe it to yourself and your customers to make sure you have the best working in your systems. Welcome to Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Scaling Up Nation, happy 2021. Happy New Year, a brand new year. I know we're always about setting goals, setting resolutions, although I don't like that way of doing things, but we're always about trying new things, getting goals achieved in the new year. And normally, most of us do well the first week, maybe the second week, maybe some of us make it into the third, maybe even the fourth, and then February comes around and we don't stay on that goal wagon. Now, last year, we talked quite a bit about why that was. And we talked about a book called The 12-Week Year. That was episode 119. It was entitled The First One of 2020. Of course, this one is the first one of 2021. And again, I think I said back last week, if we knew that we were going to have to live through a pandemic, we would have done last year's goals a lot differently. Well, folks, we're still trying to figure out how to deal with all of that and using all the knowledge that we gained from 2020. And folks, let's face it, we had to service in ways that we've never had to service before. We've had to sell in ways we've never had to sell before. We had to do just about everything that we do in our normal day-to-day a little bit differently. But now we've got experience with that. So what I want you to do is put that experience to work for you. What did you learn in 2020 that you can apply in 2021? And that's what we're going to talk about today. I really like starting out the year with looking at last year, reflecting on last year, and then figuring out where I want to spend my time this year. What are some things that I want to get better at? What are some things that I want to grow? What are some achievements that I want to make? And I make steps on the very first day of the year to make sure that we are going to get those things accomplished. Now, something that I've noticed when I work with individuals is that many people don't keep a calendar. And I know a lot of people think, oh, I've got a calendar. It's in my phone. I carry it all around with me, but they really don't use them. Here's some tips that I want to give to you, the Scaling Up Nation, that have really helped me. And a lot of people will look at me and they'll say, well, I know if I give a task to Trace to do, he will get it done. I don't know where he finds the time. I don't know how he remembers stuff. But I know if I tell him something, he is going to get it done. Now, occasionally there are some exceptions to that, but more often than not, you tell me something once and I will get it done. Well, the secret to that is there is no secret. I use the tools that we all have. I just make sure that they are part of my day-to-day routine. And that's how I use my calendar. So don't just use the calendar to figure out what date something is on. When somebody asks you to do something and you choose to accept that commitment, 
the very next thing that you need to do is put that into your calendar. And I'll even go further. Before you make a commitment, the very first thing you should do is check to make sure you have room to make that commitment. If you've ever double or triple booked yourself, it's because you did not check to see if you had other commitments when you were making an additional commitment. So maybe that's a goal for you this year. Learn how to use your calendar. Learn how to trust your calendar because you're going to put all the important things in there And when you make a decision to say yes, that you are going to do something, you're going to make sure you have time to do it by looking at your calendar, and then you are going to put it in your calendar. So that's step one. And folks, I have to tell you, I've been using a calendar as part of my day-to-day routine for a lot of years. I took a class when I was maybe early 20s with Franklin Covey. And they taught me how to use the Franklin Planner. And the Franklin Planner was this binder that you opened it up, you saw seven days at a glance. They sold other types of calendars, but folks, I got to tell you, adjust all your calendars to look at a week at a time. That allows you to plan your week as you're looking at your calendar. I want to get into that in a second. But with that, That class taught me how to respect my calendar and how to use it. Now, here was the issue. This was a big binder and you could only keep so much stuff in there. And they said you had to keep three months, last month, this month, and next month. Well, what happens if you had something that was several months out? Well, then they had this one page that had all the months on it and you were supposed to write something in there. And then you had to transpose it once you got that month into the calendar. With all of this, it was a lot of work, but it did teach me a discipline. And I carried this discipline over when we have a lot better technology now. Folks, it is amazing how we can link our calendar on our desktop to the calendar on our phones. We can have Alexa tell us what is going on Every single day, we can set that skill up. There's just so many tools out there that allow us to bring our calendars into our every day, into our every moment, and it's easy for us to have access. Now, when I took that Franklin Covey class years ago, the rule was you were never more than seven feet away from your calendar. So that way you could always reference it. Well, folks, they're on our cell phones. I don't think we're ever more than seven inches away from our cell phones on most days. And that's probably a problem some of us need to address. But that being said, we always have our phones with us and it's very easy for us to look at our calendars when we are making and keeping commitments. Here's something that I want you to do. Whether you are used to keeping a calendar or you have never done that before, I want you in the first week of the year to start planning your year. Now, I'm not talking about goals right now. I'm just talking about significant days in your life in the year 2021. So what are the birthdays that you want to recognize or the anniversaries you want to recognize? What are the holidays that you want to observe? Put all of those dates in there. And folks, here's the cool thing about having these things electronically. As far as holidays, you can download all of those and it will go straight into your calendar. And your birthdays and anniversaries, well, folks, those pretty much happen on the same day every year on the same date. So you can just say reoccur and you don't have to do that again. And then you're going to be one of those people. Wow. How did you remember it was my birthday? Again, using your tool and using it well, people will think that you have this magic ability just because you know how to use a calendar. Then what is your family vacation? What are special dates? Maybe there's school conferences, field trips, games that your children are going to play. 
Maybe you're volunteering at a church. Maybe you've got some doctor's appointments coming up. Maybe there's even some home and car maintenance that you want to put in there. Get all those listed in your calendar, and then you don't have to remember those things again. You just have to set up a way that you are going to review them. And that is what I'm going to talk about next. So what I want everybody to get into is the habit of using your calendar. And I'm going to share with you how I use my calendar. And if this is something that will help you, please copy it. Now, what I am teaching you is directly from what I learned from that Franklin Covey class years and years and years ago. And I've just changed it a little bit to make sure it works in my day-to-day, which you are free to do as well. The first thing I want you to do when it comes to planning is get into the habit of planning weekly. So many times people just look at their calendar for that specific day and the only thing they know is Monday. And now Tuesday comes and Tuesday just hits them in the face because they're not prepared for it because all they did was look at Monday. And I'm willing to bet that if you knew what was happening on Tuesday, you would have made different choices on Monday. So we're going to open up our field of view to an entire week. We're going to do weekly planning. The first step with weekly planning is look at last week. Last week is the biggest tool that we have to help teach us how to make the next week better. What are the successes? What are the failures? And that's going to be our guide to make next week better. So maybe we overbooked ourselves. Maybe we forgot to look at our calendars each and every day because we're not used to that. So now this next week, we're going to build something in. Maybe it's an alarm, something that allows us to remember that we are going to look at our calendars at the beginning of each and every day. So again, I don't know what you learned from last week, but whatever it is, put it into play this week. Once you've done that, what I want you to do is I want you to look at everything that you have to do next week. Now, this is weekly planning. This allows us, if you're familiar with the seven habits of highly effective people, in habit three, which is put first things first, it teaches us the different quadrants that we spend our time with. And I've talked about that on the show, so I'm not going to go into that right now. But the goal is, is we want to get into quadrant two. Quadrant two is the planning, the prevention, the relationship building, all the things that we said, if we had more time, I would do X. That's always in quadrant two. What we're going to do is we're going to use our calendars to help force us being there. So after you've looked at the entire week and see where you are, and what commitments that you've made for each day of the week, I want you to consider the important roles that you have in your life. And take a moment, if it's the first time that you've done that, and think of the most important five roles that you have in your life. So it might be that you're a spouse. It might be that you are a son or daughter. It might be that you are a parent, you're a board member, you're an employer, you're an employee, whatever those things are, think about the most important five relationships that you have. And I know you can probably think about dozens. Three to five is probably the most you want to start with until you get into the habit of that. Now that you've thought about that, I want you to think deeper. And folks, this is where I say three to five, because this is some really heavy thinking. On those roles that you have, I want you to identify who they are. So for example, if I said spouse or husband, I would identify my wife, Stacy. Now I want to think that it is my, let's say it's my 90th birthday. And Stacy is one of the people 
that has decided to say a tribute to me at my 90th birthday party. What is something that I want Stacy to say about me about the life that we've had together? And that is called a tribute statement. I'm going to write that tribute statement down. And now this week is a one-week bite-sized piece, an opportunity for me to do something to help enhance that relationship to get one little step closer to her saying what I wanted her to say in that tribute statement. Folks, trust me, this is where we need to spend our time in building our relationships. And a lot of us don't use our calendars that way. So what I'm then going to do is I'm going to look at what time I have available in between all the different scheduled appointments that I have during that week. And I'm going to take a little sliver of time and I'm going to do something with Stacy. I might do something for Stacy. I'm going to do something and I'm going to schedule it. Before all the little things happen during the week, I'm doing this before the week even occurs. So it is in there first. And we call all these things big rocks. And again, that comes from Stephen Covey's metaphor about you do the big rocks first. And you don't worry about all the small stuff because if it's smaller, it doesn't matter as much. And we worry about what matters most because that's going to affect us and others the most. So I'm going to do that for those relationships. And now I'm going to look at all the things that I need to accomplish during that week. Now, this is our to-do list normally. And I know most of you keep a to-do list and it is just a list of things jotted down that we have to do. And the list is not prioritized at all. It's just in order by how we thought of it. And then when we get to work on our to-do list, we start from top to bottom. We could finish a ton of items. We could just finish a few items. But regardless, we normally end the day feeling like we did not accomplish what we had hoped to accomplish. So here's what we are going to do. I'm going to teach you how I prioritize my task list. But before I do that, we have to populate the task list. By the way, Outlook, Google Calendar, all this stuff has a task feature. And I am willing to bet that 90% of the Scaling Up Nation audience does not use that feature. And by the way, this is on your phone as well. So let me start by first saying the difference between a commitment and a task. So a commitment is that I have a meeting Monday morning at 10 a.m. until 1130. That is a commitment that I made to other people that I have committed that portion of my calendar, of my time, that I am going to do something. So those are all the things that we normally put in our calendar. What we don't put in our calendar normally is all the tasks. Tasks are those to-do items that we need to get done, but we don't use our calendar to help get them done. We just use a list at best and we start checking things off. Well, folks, if you look, you will see there is a task function on just about every electronic calendar. And if we learn to use that, that really elevates how we get things done. So I'm going to talk about populating this. And for now, let's just pretend we're doing it on a sheet of paper, but we can also do this electronically. On a sheet of paper, we probably have all these to-dos that we have to get done. What we're going to do is we're going to look at those items and we're going to see based on where we're going to be, the mindset that we're going to be in for the upcoming week, where is a spot of time in between commitments that we've already spoken our time for that we can work on some of these tasks. And we are going to schedule time for ourselves 
that says task completion or work on task or whatever you want to name it, we're actually going to schedule time with ourselves. Now, there might be some things that aren't on your current to-do list. And what I have learned is to keep sort of a parking lot list. And what that is, that's a separate sheet of paper that if somebody asked me to do something or to get something done, but it doesn't really have a time frame that it has to be done in, it might have a due date, but it doesn't have to be done on Tuesday. And by the way, that's the difference between a task and a calendar commitment is it doesn't necessarily have a time that we have to work on it, but they almost all have a due date. What I do there is I just simply have different master task lists of the month. And if somebody says, hey, you got to do this in June, I'm not going to think much about it. I'm just going to simply go to my June list. And this is when I kept that Franklin Covey planner. I would go to the June tab and I would simply just write that down. Now, today, what I do is I create a master task list in my task list in Outlook for each month of the year. And then I simply just write that in there. Now, there are ways that I've, I've actually made that a little bit easier using the functionality of Outlook. So I don't have to clutter things up, but I don't want to put too much on your plate today. I want you to just try this stuff and just know that you can make it even more streamlined as you get all the base disciplines down as habits using the functionality of all the electronics that we have the ability to use these days. All right, so I've looked at my master task list. I've maybe populated a few more items on my task list, and now that is on my weekly task list. So that's pretty much all I do for weekly planning. So keep in mind, I've looked at the entire week. I've scheduled time with the most important roles that I have in my life. I've looked at all the commitments that I've made to other people with my time. I've also looked at the tasks that I need to accomplish during that week, and that's it. That is my weekly planning. And by the way, that was a scheduled item in my calendar that I made with myself. I always do it at Sunday at 7 p.m. I started out that way, and it has always been Sunday at 7 uh, I don't know if it's because of the alliteration or what, but I just always do it then. And I always make sure to keep that appointment. Sure, there are days that are weeks that I miss that, but I always do it. And normally it's almost always when I kept that commitment. Now we're going to fast forward to the first day of the week. So I did this on Sunday. Now I'm in the office. It is Monday morning. Here's what I do. I open up and whether you have a paper planner, whether you have Outlook, and, and if you do have Outlook or Google Calendar, set it on a seven-day view. Please do not look at single-day calendars. If you have a phone that doesn't allow you to do that, there are so many apps out there that you can download that will allow you to do that. Trust me, you want to look at the entire week. So the first thing you're going to do at the same time, because you've made an appointment for it, on Monday morning, again, as soon as I come in, so normally that's around 6 a.m., I will look at my week and then I'll look at the day. And I'll look at all the commitments that I have to do that day. And then I start looking at my tasks. And these are all the tasks for the week. And what I do is sometimes I do this on Sunday and I'll say, I'll do these tasks on Monday. I'll do these on Tuesday, just because I'm going to be in a certain area, but you can also divide it up during the week and just take things off that you feel are more important, however you want to do it. So I'm going to choose about five tasks that I want to get done. And those come on into a daily task list. That's just a couple of clicks with Outlook, or if it's a paper, you're actually writing them out again. And here's how you are going to elevate that to-do list that you are probably already doing. One, you're gonna look at a time during your day and you're gonna block out work on task. And you're gonna have that built in 
your calendar. Next, I want you to prioritize the task you said you want to get done. And here's how you're going to prioritize it. You're going to look at, and again, start small at first. So let's say five tasks that we're going to get done. We're going to look at those five tasks and we're going to see how important they are to us. Remember, we want to stay in that quadrant two, which is the importance, but not urgent. It's the prevention, the planning, the working on our goals, our roles, all of that sort of stuff that we always say, if we had more time, this is the stuff that we would work on. And we're going to look at each one of those tasks and we're gonna see how important it is. And we're gonna ask ourselves this question. The task is important, it is in quadrant two, and it needs to be done today or it will lose value. Anything that answers yes to that will get an A, an uppercase A. Next, the tasks that are left, we're gonna ask ourselves, what are items that are still important to us but don't necessarily need to be done today because they're not necessarily gonna lose value if I don't do them today. Those things are going to be Bs. Now, everything else, I give a C, and a C is an optional task. And it might be something like get oil changed, pick up dry cleaning, uh, go to the grocery store, things that if eventually you don't do, they're going to become urgent, but right now they're optional tasks. Okay, so we got A's, B's, and C's. Now we're going to go back to our A list, and, and I say a list, but it's just an A written by the task, and we're going to think, what is the most important task that I assigned an A to out of all the other A's? What is the most important one that gets A1? I'm going to follow that with A2, A3, however many that we have. I'm gonna do the same thing with the Bs. And then as far as Cs, I know a lot of people rank those the same way. I've just never ranked Cs, but knock yourself out if you want to do that. Now, when that time block comes up that I'm working on tasks, I don't need to think about what task I'm gonna work on. I immediately start working on A1. In fact, here's a little secret. I love to check things off. And I think you do too, you know that a lot of times you might even write things down just so you can check them off your to-do list. Well, folks, here's how I get that rush early in the morning. My A1 is always this routine. It's daily planning because I can't do it tomorrow. It's definitely going to lose value. And it starts my day off with success knowing that I accomplished making sure I was doing all this. So I always have A1 as daily planning. Well, now we're actually in the day, the time block comes up, and now we know what we need to work on. Once A1 is complete, we're gonna check that off. Then we're gonna work on A2. Now, maybe we only get one or two things done that day, but here's the difference. It was based on what was most important. So now when we go home, we are going to feel like a million bucks because we accomplished the most important things, not just top to bottom on a randomly written down task list. Now, you're probably saying, well, what about the things you did not get done? Well, one, you've got them written down, so you're not going to forget them. So you've got to do a couple of things with them. You've got some options. One, once you get it done, you're gonna check it off and you don't have to worry about that anymore. And by the way, Outlook, all the other programs, if once you check something off, it will just stay there. And I have my calendar that won't erase those, but it won't show those unless I go into completed tasks. So it allows me to get the list whittled down during the day. That's one of the little secrets that I found helped me and how I can show my progress and feel good about it when the list gets smaller. But now I have these other things on my list. So my choices are, one, is it still something I need to get done? If it's not, we can delete it. If it is, I can either do it myself or I can have someone else do it. 
So if I delegate it, I'm going to assign that to somebody. And folks in Outlook, there is a delegation feature. I'm not going to go into how to use that, but I'm telling you, Outlook is just a tremendous tool for all this. And I think Google Calendar has copied most of the stuff that is in Outlook. And then all of that transfers to our mobile device as well. When we delegate something, we have to remember who we delegate it to. So we need to write down who we delegated it to, and we need to explain to the person when it needs to be done by and what our expectations are about them completing it. And when that person accepts it, we're still responsible for it, but we need to make sure that the expectation conversation has been had or neither one of us is going to be happy with the end result. So that's one thing we can do. Well, I think that's two. So we could delete it, we can delegate it, or we do it. And if we do it, we're just simply going to move that over to the next day. Outlook will do that automatically for you. If you're not using Outlook, you need to close out your day by moving all your undone tasks to the next day. Now, the next day we come in, we look at all the things we have to do during that day. We schedule some time that we're going to work on our tasks, and then we go to our task list and we prioritize it the exact same way. Now, I'm going to share with you how I use Outlook, and there's some layovers that you can buy that work within Outlook. I haven't done that. I just use Outlook. So as far as the A, B, and C, what I will do is the first letter in the title of the task, I will make a capital A, a capital B, a capital C. And then I'll go back to my A's and B's, and right next to it, I'll put ones and twos and threes, and I will have my task list automatically sort alphabetically. And that will put it in a prioritized view, and I never have to worry about what I'm going to do next again. Now, a lot of you are saying, this sounds great. It's probably going to take a lot of work, and I'm not going to lie to you. It is a discipline that you're going to have to force yourself to do. But folks, if you can do this for 21 days, so three weeks, at the end of that, it's going to be a habit. You're going to get so used to doing this that you're not going to have to think about it. Trust me, I don't think about it hardly at all. I just do it. And if there's a day that goes by that I don't do this, I really feel lost throughout my day because I haven't had that look that I'm normally used to, and I feel like I'm not making the proper decisions. So give it 21 days, see what you think. And after 21 days, not only is it going to be a habit for you, it is going to help you with all the things that you want to accomplish this year. Now, I know several of you are thinking this all sounds well and fine, but what happens when somebody calls, like my boss, like my customers, like my wife, like my children, and now all those plans go out the window? Well, folks, let's face it. We can plan and plan and plan, but life happens regardless of what our plans are. Folks, just know that going in. There's nothing you can do about that. But trust me, that will allow you, this process will allow you to make better decisions because you know where you're supposed to be throughout the week, what your commitments are, what the different tasks are, all of those things. You've done so much legwork that now, instead of by default, you're just saying yes to things you are making a decision based on all the information that you have. And now the choice is, do I say yes to what this person is asking me to do? Or do I say yes to all this planning that I have done? And how do you make that decision? Well, here's how I make this decision, whatever the bigger yes is. So perhaps it's something my wife asked me to do, and as I shared with you, that's one of my goals each and every week that I am taking a bite-sized piece of what I hope she thinks about our relationship over our lifetime. And if she asked me to do something, 
that's an opportunity for me to do that. So that I would consider a bigger yes to do at, let's say, Wednesday at 3 p.m. than what I already had scheduled Wednesday at 3 p.m. But maybe it's something else and maybe it's not a bigger yes. Well, now I've done the legwork. I know what the bigger yes is. And instead of living life by default, I'm now living it based on information and I can make better decisions and I know what the bigger yes is. So folks, I hope this helps. I hope this turns the device that you have in your hand instead of just a little bit of things that are in your life, in your calendar, that you are using this as the tool that allows you to make decisions during the week, that allows you to keep commitments, that allows you to build every relationship that you have in your life. And it's something you already own. It's something you already know how to use. You're just learning how to use it a little bit better. So with those tips, I hope you take that and make 2021 your most productive year yet. Last year, I started out talking about the 12-week year, and I called it the 13-week year on the first episode of last year. And the reason I called it that is because I actually use it every 13 weeks. I use the week in between one 12-week year and the next 12-week year to do planning. So that's how I think of it. It's a 13-week year. But if you are looking to accomplish goals this year, and I know a lot of you are, that is a great read because it not only tells you how to plan for these goals, it tells you how to execute. And that's the big difference I find with the 12-week year format is that execution piece. Quite frankly, it allows for life to happen and it teaches us how to realign what we need to do, the important things it calls tactics. And if we get all those tactics done within the week time frame that we need to do them, that's great. We're on track. But if we don't get those things done and we don't have a system, then another week goes by, we don't get those things done. And eventually we are so far behind, we feel that we're never going to accomplish that goal and that self-fulfilling prophecy happens and we don't accomplish that goal. The 12-week year teaches us that we evaluate, just like I talked about our calendar, we evaluate all the tactics that we were supposed to do that week And if we hit 85% of those or better, we have a really strong shot of achieving those goals. If we don't hit that, that tells us that next week when we do our weekly planning, if I was supposed to make 10 sales calls last week and I only made seven, well, I need to do 13 this week. Pretty simple, I know, but a lot of us don't think that way. And we definitely, most of us don't have a system that allows us to keep track of things this way. So I created an affiliate link, scalinguph2o.com forward slash 12 week year. And I misquoted last time I did it last year. So if you even type in 13 week year, and that's the number 12 or 13, you can go straight to an Amazon affiliate page for us. And what that means, you'll pay the same price whether you use that link or not, but Amazon sends us a small commission to help us pay some scaling up H2O bills. You can get that book. It's got some great tools in it. There's actually a field guide that you can order as well. And folks, that is one of the books that is on Audible. So if you enjoy listening to Audible, you can download the 12-week year. And you can listen to that while you're driving from account to account. And if you don't have Audible and want to give that a try, we also have an affiliate link for them. You can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash Audible. I have heard from numerous members of the Scaling Up Nation that have learned about 
Audible through this podcast, and they're now reading books again. So I'm very thankful for that information. Thank you for telling me whenever I can introduce a tool to you and it's something that is beneficial because that means that I am on the right track with what I'm recommending. And sometimes I need to be led back on track based on your comments. If you have a question, comment, a guest that you want me to interview, you can go to scalinguph2o.com and you can fill out our show ideas page, or you can go straight to the voicemail feature. There's going to be a pop-up on the right side of the screen. You can record your question to me, and I might even play it on the air answering your question. Scout Nation, something brand new for you this 2021 is the Scaling Up team and James McDonald have teamed up. And last year, James did a What is James Reading? A reading with James. And so many people read along with James. And his goal was just like the Scaling Up H2O goal, where we want to raise the bar when it comes to the industrial water treatment community. So James and I got together a few months back and he told me what he was thinking about doing. We worked together on it and you're going to hear James each and every week with another challenge. So just think about it. If you do each challenge, you're going to have 52 opportunities to really raise the bar on your game. So to get us started, here is the first James's challenge. Hello, Scaling Up Nation. As you know, I love our industrial water treatment profession, and I love to continually learn more about water and what we do. During 2020, I made a goal for myself to read more about industrial water and brought you along on my journey with the Reading with James series. You can find the entire series at industrialwaterscience.com under the social menu. So what can we do together during 2021? I have a challenge for you. James's challenge, actually. Each Friday on Scaling Up H2O, you will hear my challenge of the week. Some will be big and some will be small. Some you will be able to do immediately, and some you may either have to schedule for the future or at least learn more about. Regardless, the goal is if you consider and do each of the challenges, 52 of them, throughout the year, you will become a better industrial water treatment professional, drop by drop. To get the ball rolling, Let's start with our very first challenge. James's challenge of the week is Come up with your elevator speech on what you do as an industrial water treatment professional. A 30-second description when someone asks, what do you do? We would love it if you share it on LinkedIn and other social media, tagging it with hashtag JC21 and hashtag scaling up H2O. Thank you, and I simply cannot wait to see how you rise up to each challenge. James, thanks again for that, and we look forward to many of those to come, one every week this year. Folks, there are a lot of things that we wanted to carry forward that we did last year. One of the things that we were very successful at and so many of you join in, were the after-hours hangs that we did during the Association of Water Technologies convention in October. Well, we did another one of those in December. It was equally as successful. So we said, it seems like people are really enjoying these. So let's do another opportunity on January 14th. So if you guys will mark your calendars now that you have tips and tricks on how to use your calendars, put January 14th on there at 6 p.m. Eastern time, and you need to register for that. In fact, if you register, you'll get an email and it will automatically put that into your calendar for you. So you're gonna go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash hang, H-A-N-G, and that will register you and send you that email that you can put directly into your calendar. The hang is where you get together, you meet new people, you're going to be into a large Zoom room in the very beginning. 
I want to tell you a few things, um, might tell you uh, a few things to entertain you, and then also a few things that I would recommend that you would talk about. Then I'm going to immediately place you into a smaller breakout room where you're going to be able to meet about five new friends. And that way you never know who you're going to meet and you never know who can help you out with that problem that you're having. So folks, I highly encourage you to register for The Hang. Again, that's scalinguph2o.com forward slash hang, H-A-N-G. And we're also doing something new this year. Now, this isn't new for the Rising Tide Mastermind, but this is new for the Scaling Up H2O audience. I'm going to start out by saying that the Association of Water Technologies is not going to do their business owners meeting during first quarter. We talked a little bit about that last year because of all the things that are going on. It's difficult to meet. In a lot of the areas that we would normally meet in, there's still restrictions on how many people can meet. So I opened up what we do with the Rising Tide Mastermind to pretty much everybody. Now, what we do is we take business topics. We have a professional come in, an expert in that topic. They tell us a few things uh, that we need to know about that topic. And then we go into breakout rooms and we actually start working on something. So we learn about something. We learn how to use the tools to do something with that something. And then we are left with action steps that we can take back to our businesses, to our territories, to immediately start putting those new items that we learned in play. So the next one of those is going to be on January 29th at 11 a.m. Eastern. That's going to be exactly two hours, and that's going to allow our speaker to talk about what the topic is that we are going to talk about. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that next week. And then it's also going to allow for the breakout session and then a summary, a wrap up. Folks, I promise that these webinars will leave you with handles that you can take the information that we're discussing and immediately take that back to your places of business and get something done. These are very high producing webinars and you will not be disappointed if you join in. Those are brought to you by the collaboration of the Rising Tide Mastermind and the Association of Water Technologies. So if you want more information about that, you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash business. Once again, that's scalinguph2o.com forward slash business. Folks, thank you for a great year last year with 2020 and Scaling Up H2O. So many people called in wanting me to discuss certain topics. That allowed us to build our program based on what you want to hear. And we got so many comments, too, from the Rising Tide Mastermind members. Uh, many of you heard some of the episodes that we did last year. We turned some of the webinars that we did learning about how to do business in a pandemic into podcasts. And then we had an entire series online, 13 webinars about all things you needed to know as we did business through a pandemic. Those were all things that people from the Scaling Up Nation, that people from the Rising Tide Mastermind said that they wanted to know more about. So it is so important that you keep those comments coming to me, and I appreciate it. Your fellow Scaling Up Nation members appreciate it. I hope that the tips that I shared with you in today's episode allow you to springboard some of the things that you want to get done this year, but above all else, I hope that these tips provide a clarity for where you're spending your time. And instead of just living life by default, you are now actively making decisions of where you're going to be spending your time. And I hope that that choice is always listening to Scaling Up H2O. Folks, thanks so much for listening. And I'm back at you next week with a brand new episode. Have a great week, folks.
Scaling Up Nation, if you have a relationship with another person, there's no doubt about it, you have had a miscommunication. Life is full of miscommunications, but I think the key to life and those relationships is what do we do when we realize we have miscommunicated? I asked my friend and mastermind member, Tom Hardy, what his experience has been with some of the tools that we've learned in the Rising Tide Mastermind around communication. Here's what he said. Interestingly, it's at times it's validated my thoughts and processes when I've had conflicts with coworkers or other people that I deal with on a regular basis. And on the other end of that, at times it's, it's made me realize maybe I was not thinking straight and giving me a different perspective from the other side's point of view when I'm having running the complex issues. Tom, thanks for sharing that. Nation, again, communication is hard and most of us do more speaking than we do listening. That means we are not answering the right problem and no wonder people get frustrated. Well, I can't guarantee that if you join the Rising Tide Mastermind that that will never happen again, but I can tell you that we teach each other certain tools to make you set up for success when it comes to communicating with another individual. When was the last time you said something, it was mistaken and you wondered how you both got to that location? Well, we'll help you dissect that conversation within the mastermind group and hopefully give you some tools so if you had a similar conversation, you would be able to do that better, not just for yourself, but with the person on the other side of that communication. If that sounds like something you need help with, and boy, it's definitely something I need help with, Go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to find out more about the Rising Tide Mastermind and if this group is right for you.